0: Hello and welcome to this new podcast, I have with me my friend Namrata, Uh, this episode is going to be called the other side of a life coach, she's been in this journey for I think at least 5 years, 4 or 5 years now, doing various things that took her to this point if I understand correctly, Uh, welcome Namrata to the show. Thank
1: you, thank you Surinder
0: yes and i know that you're petrified what am i going to ask i wish i could ease your mind and say things like i know but i don't but i do know there is a first question so uh, if i understand correctly life coach is somebody who helps people uh, live their lives better by suggesting ideas advising them on certain dos and don'ts which help them Uh, effectively create a better life for themselves. So when you have to have all the answers, how do you deal with that?
1: So actually, that's the twist. Uh, You don't need to have all the answers for the people that you're coaching. You just have to ask all the right questions.
0: Okay.
1: So uh, the answers, technically... I mean, for each one of us, we know what's the best uh, for us. It's just about taking them on that journey inwards. And which just requires, you know, as a life coach for you to ask the correct questions, or I wouldn't even say correct, but the appropriate, you know, questions depending on the situation. So so I don't find it as overwhelming as it, it technically sounds, because it's not like if you're a life coach, you are going to be guiding them or, you know, you're not like a crutch okay. that people will be needing all their life or for that particular journey also. You're just someone who's walking into their life to hold space for them in a time wherein probably there's no one else who can, you know, do it in a non-judgmental way because when we're not judged, we're able to
0: take the best decisions for our life. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... So, one question that comes up, when there is something like a monetary transaction in a space like this, hmm. which is a, for want of a better term, a humanist case, I would want to call it, where you are trying to help people be more human, live with their foibles, um, concentrate on their strengths, or at least temporarily suspend judgment for themselves, so that they can have a better view. How do you incorporate something like this, which is almost uh, otherwise tackled by religion for so many years mm. and bring in a monetary aspect where I have given you money, now I want results. And it doesn't work like that because there's no product policy. You are the product and you're developing and it may may not happen at the pace that I like or I don't. Or you may help me ask questions which I don't like to start with. I may have known them, but I may be avoiding them. Hmm. So how do you, this is a very, uh, a khichdi of sorts, which is very difficult to sort out to your satisfaction also and to the satisfaction of people whom you are helping. I won't call them clients because I think there is a deeper connection happening. So how, how do you see that?
1: Oh, you know, interestingly, I think the question that you asked me itself is sounding like a big khichdi of sorts. I'm going to try and dissect it and handle each one of those aspects and and yeah it it was a challenge when I decided and I chose to get into this profession because unfortunately like and I'm coming to the you know the energy exchange or the monetary aspect of it unfortunately I feel the way we've been raised by our environment by the society by culture uh, is that uh, there are a lot of money blocks that we all hold within us right and I feel that kind of also pulls you back when you want to do some noble cause normally you know if it's a noble cause and you want to help someone the media thing is like oh but then why are you charging right and honestly you know in 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 me reaching where I've reached I realized that money honestly doesn't have an energy of its own it is the energy of the person that it belongs to correct so you know I, I started realizing that if this is this is what I want to offer to the world and of course I would like to also have I mean it's, it's very natural that on the earth plane I have my own desires you know even if you're a coach uh, it's perfectly fine because if, if there are people who are charging you for selling curtains and for selling bed sheets and for doing all the other stuff out here, honestly, what you're doing is that you're saying that there is an X amount of uh, you know uh, money exchange that you're placing, which is for an infinite value. So I'm saying, supposing you're taking like hundred bucks and the kind of transformation that you might be giving, you know, some you're you're like helping save someone's marriage. You're trying to help someone raise their child better you are trying to get someone of an abusive relationship out. So honestly, it's priceless. It's just that you're making the energy exchange at such a level that it becomes gratifying for me as a giver. And also, I think for the receiver to receive it with ease, you know, a lot of times we are also not able to receive beyond a point when it, you know, when it comes for free. And and I think we've seen that abundantly in our nature, you know, whether it's free air and it's, Free this and it's free that. How much are we really valuing it? You know, we just take it for granted. Or, or you know, a parent's love, or a mother's love, or a child's love. It just comes to us uh, so naturally that I feel because there is, uh, you know, there's no boundary that is set right in the whole effort. Sometimes it it just goes out of the vessel. So uh, it, it's so I feel that you know for some reason religion. Uh, spiritualism and the monetary aspect has been uh, you know sliced whereas to live you know holistically you know on on in this human form or you know on the earth life and of course it depends on what path you want to choose I think it's beautiful if people wanting to do good work are rewarded for it You know why should they not be and you know it's like today you know when people are doing noble causes which are maybe invisible or uh, non-tangible when they receive that energy i think they can spread it so much more i mean which religion in the world is poor quite frankly whether we talk about uh, you know the golden temple or rashna devi or the mecca medina they all are something if on earth even if if god also needs this energy to solve then I mean, you and me are just mortals. And we are just thinking too high of ourselves, thinking that, you know, we can do this great work or we can do this work uh, without an exchange. And I think it's it's pretty, uh, it took me a long while to come to terms with it, that yes, I deserve what I am asking for. It, it might be too much for someone, it might be too less for someone, but it, it's all internal as long as I am, um, You know i am uh, feeling justified in my ask and i feel i am delivering value to it and more than that you know i'm comfortable so yeah so
0: that's a good answer uh one clarification i want did you use the word rewarded
1: uh i think i did yeah
0: yeah okay that was just for my understanding uh I like the word rewarded because it is, it's a little more than business. It kind of has a positive vibe to it compared to uh, I bought a product and I gave money for it. Compared to that, because this is a, even if I were to call it a soft skill of uh, sorts, uh, dealing with life is difficult as it is for a lot of people. And uh, helping them live it better, I think certainly is a noble cause. One uh, interesting question that comes to mind, Uh, you did say, I also have my desires and uh, have every right to fulfill them the way you think that you should. How do you deal with a bad day yourself when, suppose I come to you, I'm your, uh, I don't know, client, patient, whatever you want to call it, not patient really in the Mm. technical uh, sense of the term, but somebody who needs help at that point of time. Uh, and I need you on that particular day and I ask you and you've given me the time and we have a fixed appointment and you are having a very uh, challenging sort of day. How do you deal with uh, keeping your uh, health mode on while also dealing with what is going on with you? Are these two separate compartments or how does it work?
1: No, I, I would say they're not. I mean, it really depends. Of course, uh, being in this profession, you got to manage your own energy. And, you know, I think the intention needs to be uh, set very correctly. So when you, you know, when you set the intention that no matter what it is, you know, and you operate from that intention of service above everything else, you there is the source energy which helps you through. Because you're doing something, you know, which is not, uh, which is, which is not merely in your hands. It's co-creating. It's co-creating with the person who's approached you. It's, you know, it's uh, uh, co-creating with the universe. It's co-creating with your own energy. So I think when we set that intention correct, and even if it's a tough day, and of course, if, you know, as a coach, if you feel your energy is really down, right, because for any benefit to be happening, you got to be flowing. The energy got to be flowing from the coach to the coachee, you know, from upward to downwards. Now, if, if as a coach, your energy is really low and you take on that client, honestly, you're doing this service. Yeah. So I'd rather not do that. So, you know, before, uh, you know, before reaching or answering back, I always assess, am I in a state to flow, to give And if the answer comes, yes, maybe I'm not your, but I'm your, but you know, maybe that, you know, it's like for someone, a cup of water would be enough. The person doesn't need a jug full of water, but maybe he just needs that water at that point in time. So if I can offer myself, I would. And if I feel that I would be doing injustice, then I would just refuse. You know, I would just say that, is it all right if I, you know, do it for you tomorrow? Or if the person really needs, I would probably connect that person to someone you know, in my profession, who could help them out at that particular piece in time, and uh, yeah, so I think it's it's in a way also like I would like to say it's like God's work, and you get the energy. It's it's very rare that you got to like really really refuse someone. Okay, um, what do you have to say about
0: karma? In, in the context of your service, is there anything that you have as a point of view? Uh, I can also give you a context. Uh, I have done Reiki many years back. Uh, few friends have also done Pranic Healing, which I am not very well aware what happened. But basically, it's kind of the same thing. You're helping other people deal with their problems in the present. One of the reasons why I opted out of Reiki and uh, stopped practicing it is uh, as I understood the law of cause and effect more strongly that everything that we do comes back to us in some form and everything is an opportunity to pay back. Uh, One lovely example I had read long time back by somebody who was a very senior meditator in what I practiced was that it is like swiping a credit card. Every day is paying back or else you're swiping. Either of the two is happening. You get a chance to pay back or else you are swiping. Uh, if you start becoming more self-dependent and inquirements and calm, so you're swiping less and you're paying more and you're paying happily as well. Uh, so in that context, um, the kind of work that you do, do you even see there is a parallel? I don't see a parallel right like now. So I'm not kind of pointing fingers in that sense, but I'm just wanting to know how is your point of view, uh, vis-a-vis karma, and uh, how do you empower yourself and the others in the work that you do?
1: So I, I mean, are you saying that, um, I, I really don't know much about Ricky, but are you saying that when you heal someone, there's an effect, a counter effect or something? Is that what you're saying? Not the
0: counter effect really. Uh, Okay, suppose you had, I was good, I had done some second level Reiki. And if you had a headache and I had to cure you, I could kind of, like I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Over a period, the headache came to you because you had a late night which you shouldn't have had or you drank something you shouldn't have had or something that shouldn't have been done, whatever. Your nature shows you as a child who's going to have a certain kind of problem on that particular day, in that particular moment. And I gave and interfered and tried to resolve it for you is how I saw it. And I decided I would rather let you learn on your own as much as possible because I do not understand these energies as well as I should to interfere with them. I'm not even saying they are right or wrong. I'm talking only about my aspect of it. <laughs> so in your case, that doesn't apply because you're not really dealing with those energies uh... in that sense. Uh, I just want to understand what do you think about karma and how I... Uh, placing that in the context of how you serve
1: people so you know i feel it's very important that to know that you are not responsible you know yeah. for the change whether it's good or it's bad yeah. you got to operate from that space of detachment to that sense you know i'm not saying in terms of serving but you got to be very conscious of being detached, because like you're saying, if someone is going through, see, eventually, I don't know whether healing would be the right word. For someone, it might be healing. For someone, it might be coaching. For someone, it might be something else. But definitely, you're trying to help that person get out of a particular situation, right? And uh, yeah, so coming back to it, I feel that as long as you know, You know, when you start taking that responsibility that, oh, this client has come to me and now it's my responsibility that this person exercises or loses X amount of weight or, you know, has this particular kind of relationship and I get attached to the solution, right? Right. I feel that's where, you know, you're, you may be interfering. I don't know, but you know, but if, as long as you know that you are just being that medium, I am just holding space and that person needs to go through what that person is going through to learn that lesson, because like you're saying, you know, maybe today I might be helping that person overcome this, but then something else might come bigger on that person oh. to learn that lesson. So my job is not to, uh, not allow that person to learn. It's about letting that person go through that entire journey, but just being there, like I said, to hold space, right? And make it a little more smoother. You know, like I would say like anesthesia. I mean, anesthesia is not a great example because you're not getting numb, but I'm just trying to say it's like you getting operated in a very low, you know, you're not being uh, held with loving hands and you have to go through that surgery, which you have to go through but then there are doctors and nurses who are speaking to you softly are holding your hands softly and saying the darling don't worry you know you will be operated upon you're in safe hands allow it to happen and you will heal you know the wound will heal but that doesn't mean that the bandaging or the cleaning of the wound doesn't have to happen and i feel that's the beauty of being alive or having the consciousness in the human form right that we can see that pain and, you know, if I can just be there to hold, I'm, I'm not taking away the pain. I'm just like helping the person to experience the pain in a different way. As long as the learning happens, I, I don't think you're, uh, you know, I don't think as a coach, as a life coach, you're really interfering.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, You know, because yeah, you, you don't, you don't uh, try to shift it. So I, I think a lot of, a lot of this depends on the internal space that you're operating from as a coach. Oh. So maybe this is like how it is for me. But if you were to talk to another life coach, it probably would be very different. So there could be healers who might be saying that, you know, like very typically, I think in Indian Bollywood movies and households, you know, it's so easily said that our mother will always be like, you know, mere ko darma do mujhe kind of a scene because we always feel that that pain has to go somewhere. So I think again, it's a story which has been in, you know, which has been uh, ingrained in us. So we believe that if I am healing, you know, there has to be that effect, which, which has to come back to me. So I think, you know, when you get into something like this, you, you, you kind of like really work very deep within you because there's so many limiting beliefs and so many limiting stories that you need to clear yeah. before you get into this. So yeah, this was another one.
0: Okay. Um, interestingly, uh, if I understood correctly, this also goes back to the intent part of you. it, what you mentioned in the earlier answer. If your intent is strong enough, you know that you're intending to help. Uh, so even a wrong move could turn out to be right because your intent is so strongly right so for example your advice at that moment uh, for some reason may may not work but something else will trigger within me because you are trying to help me and I say yeah maybe I'll do this and we come to a third thing altogether
1: yeah and I think it's it's actually as a coach we really refrain from advising it's, okay. it's all about you finding the right answers for you. Oh. Uh, because that's the beauty of it, right? Because then otherwise...
0: We more not
1: take that 100% responsibility until the time we don't take that 100% responsibility for our own life. Things are just going to change very temporarily. It's not going to be like a real change. Yeah. And it'll just, again, be a very outward experience for the person who's come to you. So yeah, the person might feel at times that, okay, you know, I have paid you and tell me like, what would you do? But the whole point is I am not you. So what I would do is very different than what you should be doing because you know what your life journey has been. And if, you know, and so I think it's more about Letting the person know that it's okay. You know, someone's holding a hand, walk in. Don't need, don't... You know, the biggest fear we have is to meet ourselves. Okay. So it's just about helping that person go inside. And uh, come up with solutions or answers that are best for that particular person. Okay.
0: Uh, okay, a trick question. These days I've been asking trick questions on my podcast yes. often. Suppose you do not have the answer to what I am asking as of right now, and you feel really limited by your experience so far, uh, and you haven't have it in your heart to really help me out. So all of that is clear. But surely you do not have the answer because I think life is life smarter than all of us. Sometimes it throws questions which are quite difficult to answer. In that case, what do you really do? And uh, i want to know your internal thoughts not your answers as a coach but more with how do you deal with this sense of being out of control if i were to call it that
1: uh definitely you feel internally as a coach that okay you know this is not um you do feel that you've not been able to kind of help the way you'd like to But then again, you know, I feel that maybe there is only as much that I could do and that person could take because, you know, um, so I've had, I've had people, you know, who would sign up for 10 sessions and, uh, you know, probably they would take only two because I don't know for some of them, I think magic would happen in two sessions. And they wouldn't come back. But for me, as a coach, I would still want to offer those eight. Maybe it's done for them, you know. They've got their answers, or you know, things have moved for them. But then you realize that it, that it's all right. There would be some people. So the way I balances balance it out is if I feel that someone needs more, I offer more. I don't. I, I won't like then restrict myself internally. That yeah, you know it was about three months. So now why should I go on for another three sessions? Because I know somewhere, you know, that receiving and giving needs to be balanced. So, you know, when you view it, like in terms of all of us being connected as humans, it, it kind of like gets easy, you know? So that's my story to me that, you know, you really want to help. And then the person is not shifting. And I am dealing with someone like that right now. In spite of everything, I can see that the shift is not happening. And you do feel a little helpless because you know you've like tried really hard and you're still trying. But then you honor, like you said, at that point in time, you honor that person's journey. Because life is trying to teach them something and your job is just to be there and just to listen. Yeah, that's my role at that point in time. So you know, as coaches, we can't be thinking that oh, I'm going to be like that miracle salt, or I'm going to be that thing to the dish which is just going to like change it. You got to accept what you're being chosen to play and receive it with grace.
0: So this is, this is very interesting. Though. So most times when we pick up a job of some other kind i'm saying in a profession like mine or somewhere else, where when we fail we feel very disappointed at not having been able to meet up the expectations of the client or in your case it is not just that because that again the human aspect is so huge and the person who's come is not is not really as the his or her own mind space to have solved the problem for themselves and they came to you with some kind of pain or pain point it could be a simple thing that they want to exercise they are unable to which is a comparatively simple problem there are bigger problems and you do not succeed which would have happened even in your initial years or now or whenever Uh, it's more a generic question Uh, do you fall back upon this advice that you uh, were sharing not advice again this mantra that you were sharing with us that you have to respect and honor the journey of yeah
1: i have to because there's no other way for me to go on doing what i'm doing otherwise either i get consumed or yeah. i be out there to
0: serve there are only two ways so, so how do you stop yourself from being consumed is my question because I am now comparing it to other jobs that one does. You've done other jobs as of well, uh, what I remember. Uh, so you took up a job and you were supposed to deliver something to the client and it didn't fall in place for whatever reasons. Uh, similarly, here in one were you see it on a quote-unquote material scale. Of, so how do you deal with the disappointment of not uh, living up to your own expectations of help uh, how do
1: you deal with this vulnerability? You know, I think I don't let the highs go too high. So like, you know, if someone's had a breakthrough, it's great and it's fantastic, but I don't let that hit my head and say, oh, now this is because of me. You
0: know? ah.
1: And when it doesn't happen either, then it's not because of, it's, it's only because of me, right? So when you operate from that space, I mean, you can't be that, oh, when the good is happening, I'm attached. I mean, the bad is happening, it's, it's, you know, so you got to like kind of apply the formula either ways because my work is as good as the work that the person who comes to me puts in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I might, you know, I might uh, suggest a lot of things or I might do everything possible under my control or beyond my control. But if the person on the other side is not really receiving it or doing it, it's not gonna work. My work works when people choose to do it. So um, honestly, I think I I don't, letting go and being in a flow state really helps. And it happens naturally, like, the other day only I met this client of mine and she said, oh, you must be doing a lot of meditation, you know, because you've taken so much negativity. And, you know, in my mind, honestly, I realized that I'm not really taking it in. Because while, you know, like if you sit in now, like if I sit back and I think everything that the client shared and all of that, then obviously it might make you feel in a particular way. But, you know, when you go there with that whole, again, I come, I come back to intention of, being there, you're seeing beyond that, you realize and you understand that whatever is being shared is like the residue or the symptoms. There is a far more deeper thing that the person is struggling with. So then you're not seeing what the husband told the wife, or the wife told the husband, or you know, whatever, whatever else of it. And uh, you get purified, yeah. It's like at least till now, I haven't really felt um, suckered by because you got to be like a river. You got to be like a river. You just got to, as a coach, believe that you got to flow. And when you choose to flow, whoever is meant to come and take, you know, whatever nectar, water out will come. You don't have to sit and ponder whatever so, you know, you, you got to like, I mean, I think that that's really worked for me.
0: Okay. You're sounding wise. How did you become wise? My question. I don't because wise. this is, yeah, yeah, because what you're talking of, uh, of course, it's very ideal to write down on paper and put up boards to remind yourself and post-it notes on your desktop and stuff like that. It's fairly tough to do. What made you take the jump from uh, board to action, if I were to call it that? Is there any episode that happened or what was the conscious um, uh, effort that you took to become effortless, if I were to call it that?
1: You just got to work on yourself. And when you realize that, you know, when you realize that you are 100% responsible for your life. No matter what happens. You know, that kind of shifted everything for me, at least. You know, when you realize that uh, you know, you you are the access. Just blaming everyone or blaming things or blaming this or blaming that is, is not gonna get you anywhere. And I don't know, but I think all coaches in their own ways, who are, of course, they're you know, they're A lot of fishes that make a pond. So I don't know, there would be people doing it for different reasons or whatever. But uh, the reason why I'm doing it, I can be doing it only the way I'm doing it. There's no other way. Because, uh, you know, for someone like me, and you know me like for many years, uh, emotions, being sensitive, being absorbent, you know, all those were my qualities I would say and I don't I don't regret any of those and today when I'm trying to help if you look at it I'm doing exactly like I'm trying to be beyond it I'm trying to work on detachment and you know I'm like working on the other uh, uh, end of the spectrum kind of a thing but you know when you realize that you want to be the change you just so it's not like idealistic or anything like that. You got to start living. You got to like start doing everything with joy. I mean, to me, it was that. Like it would, right now I'm sitting and chatting with you. I'm just with you. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But you choose to do that, if, you know. And when you start doing those little, little things, like having your cup of tea, just being with the tea, And when you take that 100% responsibility, I think that's where the magic starts happening. And it's it's all in the doing.
0: Are you trying to say you were your first client?
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I don't know, client or what. But yeah, I was my first project.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, although this was said in jest, I want to pursue this line of question further. Uh, when I said that uh, were you your first client, one of the things that struck me, did you pay yourself? and this is something that i have uh, i have given a lot of emphasis on whenever trying to help somebody uh, over a period of many many years french i find we are very very uh, hard on ourselves we we put up uh, so many barriers to what is possible and it may be right or wrong I'm not even saying that all of them are wrong. or I don't want to make generic statements, but one of the things that I have uh, had, I have spoken to, say, for example, once I have spoken to an army officer. who's was a retired army officer, a very strict guy, very much in control. Whoever he spoke to, he spoke as if he owned the entire area. And his wife was talking to me, and I just told her, and she was also ultra smart and very strong, and I said, she finished telling us story and I said, hey, I think you need to be kind to yourself a little more. And she was very angry in the beginning. By the time she finished her conversation, she said, yes, I think she came to the point. She said, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm not being kind of. I was like, yeah, okay. There's no big deal about it. And when I said this to the man, he landed up saying, don't think I'm stupid. Like Why? And I didn't know what to say. And he said, don't give me all those things and blah, blah, blah. And I was quiet because he was quite senior. I just felt it intuitively and I just said it and after he finished and he also ended up saying the same thing, maybe you are right I need to be kinder to myself and I have realized that a lot of people aren't I do not know the reason why I haven't contemplated on this much Uh, so when I asked you this question did you pay yourself do you think this is one good You said you do not advise, but I'm saying, is this a good thing to do? Be kind to yourself most times.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to be kind to ourselves. So if you were to ask me, yeah, I splurged on myself. I wanted to enjoy materialistic things, non-materialistic things from the money or the energy that I generated on my own. And And I did it unapologetically not i'm so this is like if you were to talk about so this was like how i i I would say i paid myself if i were to say how did i pay myself i didn't offer anything from that money to anybody because i feel that you know if i'm not feeling full how am i supposed to offer anything to anyone so i filled my cup up first and foremost so i went out and i splurged not just that I think in general, you know, you're saying, Bandhi, you know, a lot of times people to protect themselves, okay, I feel people use different shields. For someone, it's being strict. For someone, it's anger. For someone, it's fear. You know, for someone, it's, you know, like don't talk to me sort of a thing. But actually, these are all shields because we feel vulnerable. So we don't want to like someone coming up. So I think for me, maybe it was fear. And, uh, you know, my life decisions would revolve around, oh, this can go wrong or that can go wrong or, you know, this and that, and this and that. So I think, you know, I rewarded myself on that. I said, it's okay, like just chill. I think one of the biggest gifts was to start living life with joy, to be at ease to be effortless. So yeah, these are the things that I gifted myself or that's how I rewarded me. Because I think, you know, always being on that, uh, you know, fight or flight mode, it was harming me in ways beyond and not just me, but, um, you know, people whose lives are connected to me. I mean, anyways, things are going to happen, right? Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's, it's just about how we deal with it. So I think... You know, I, I really think these are like shields, you know. So you'll see someone, they'll get very angry or they'll be very uptight or they'll be very this. Honestly, life is meant to be lived with a smile. It's not about being serious all the time. It's just that yeah. as a society, we've started saying, oh, you know, very serious person. So must be very knowledgeable, very this, very that. So I don't view it anymore in that manner. This is just like what I feel. I may be right, I may be wrong. I don't know, but that's that's my lens.
0: Great. Um, one last question. How do your, uh, your people, family, uh, your maternal family and your friends, people who are close to you, see this change in you? Uh, is there an aura of invincibility that they, they see oh we are not like you uh, so we don't know how, how we can deal with our little things do they come to you for advice do they see you Are they? she is our mother what's the big deal what else yeah
1: i think the people who know you probably are the last ones to see or acknowledge the the change in you or, I don't know if they're judging you or whatever they're doing. Okay. Because some of them might be like, okay, now, like, now what is she doing? Or, you know, what is all this? This is like just too much philosophy. And probably want people who know you since childhood yeah, yeah. and things like that. And, uh, you know, but, you know, when your calling is bigger than all of this, mm. it doesn't matter. And I think people who are not, you know who are not in that zone so this really takes me to that uh, i don't know there's this beautiful youtube video by Mahatri on this dragonfly thing mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful story of uh, how you know those moths are there you know underwater and then every time one moth goes to the surface of the water and it never comes back it's gone And then it's, you know, it goes on happening and it goes on happening. And then, you know, they have this whole meeting and they say that, you know, God knows where is it that people go once they're out of here. So, you know, the next person they decide whoever goes up will 100% come down and tell us what is it there? So they said, okay, fine, you know. And uh, so whatever the leader or something and he was really very dedicated to his tribe and everything. And he said, I will surely come and tell you guys. What is really happening once we go up to the surface of the water? And then when he goes there, I think some light or some magic happens and he turns into a dragonfly. And he's gone up. Now he's hovering on top and he's hovering on top. And he really wants to say that, you know, look, this is what's happened. But then he realizes that until and unless they themselves do it, he won't be able to share it. Right. So you realize that I mean I'm not saying I'm a dragonfly and the other people are whatever, but I'm just trying to say that on this journey there'll be a lot of people who find you unrelatable. And there'll be people who value you. Like luckily for me, I think my spouse is with me on the same page. So that makes it more beautiful for me. Uh, but definitely in the beginning, there are people who don't understand and your friends, you automatically start seeing a, seeing a little bit of weaning out of people who were connected to you because you no longer have the same kind of conversations to have, that the relationship yes. was feeding on. You have nothing to talk about it because, you know, you because there are some certain very conscious things that you have to indulge in, like no blaming, uh, no complaining, you know. Because if I'm going to be doing that, it's going to really lower my vibration or you know my energy so a lot of those type of relationships or friendships they kind of start to disappear but now you know that that's a part of the process so I'm pretty sure a lot of them must be wondering what I'm up to and what am I doing and they must be finding me unrelatable and things like that but I just look at it like if this is what my life is meant to do this is what I'm going to do
0: Oh, wonderful. This chat feels like one metamorphosis that I've been seeing. Uh, I've known you for many years and uh, it's delightful that you reinvented yourself. Uh, you see this as conclusive uh, in, a, in a better manner, but I have always seen that you picked up uh, challenges and tried to come out a bit more stronger. And uh, rightfully so, you're helping people with the same kind of challenges or different kind of challenges within the same uh, mind space, if I were to call it that. Uh, thank you. Please continue doing the great work, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so thank much. You.
1: Thank you so much for having Thanks, me. Yeah. Thank you.